and welcome to the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, and this is going to be the wrestling episode. I am joined by Wade Christensen. Hey, man. How's it going, Wade? It's going. We're here. So this is the first episode, so this one's going to be more of an introduction to what we're going to do in future episodes, and we're going to then get into the preview for SummerSlam. I know everybody's excited about it, but just to get started, we're going to go and explain my background in wrestling fandom, uh, why I decided to make a wrestling podcast uh, in my mid-20s with still in school. You know, I, I'm worthless, that's why. So we explain that, we can get, jump to the next thing. Wade's going to go and explain his wrestling fandom. I'll start off, basically... I was born in 91. I started becoming a wrestling fan around the time I was like four or five. Uh, One of the first matches I can remember is, let's see, it's probably Stone Cold at, I want to say, Survivor Series. Oh, wow. 96, I think. So that's that's about the time, and I just, Stone Cold was awesome. You know, growing up, especially, I grew up in a conservative household. And Stone Cold's kind of rebellious nature while also being a redneck kind yeah. of fit perfectly. An earring in for some reason. <laughs> Austin did that for a little while. I never got an earring. That, no, not happening. I definitely did. You definitely did? For sure. Is it because of Stone Cold or is there another reason you did the uh, earring? Um, I definitely like my first earring was a hoop earring and I thought I looked like Stone Cold. <laughs> I was pretty sure that I, I was just as cool as he was. I had the jean shorts. Did you go bald? Did you shave the head? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of having to start doing that now. <laughs> So yeah, uh, my wrestling fandom was the Attitude Era, basically, is the thing that sold me on it. I remember, was it WrestleMania 15 or 17 around then, was the Stone Cold The Rock WrestleManias? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, for 15, 17, and 19, I think, were all three The Rock and Austin. So apparently, Wade is my go-to on this one. I'll uh, try. I'll do my best, man. <laughs> yeah, around then, that's I remember like being the Stone Cold guy to all my friends that were The Rock fans. Yeah. And I was like... Fuck you. And that was one of the best, like, you know, Attitude Era would be the one that kind of uh, played around with the face heel dynamic Mm -hmm. and Stone Cold being one of the main people that did that. Obviously, uh, riffing off of uh, Hulk Hogan, NWO, like, you know, going for sure. But Austin definitely sold it for me in that way. I wasn't really, like, I watched WCW a little bit, although Mm -hmm. when I was getting into it, that's around the Goldberg uh, run. I didn't care so much about WCW. I was for. WWE in the oh, Monday Night okay. Wars, and I was for Stone Cold versus The Rock. And then, you know, Stone Cold gets injured, and it's cut short. The Rock jettons off to Hollywood and does all his movies. And so around that time, there's not a lot of wrestlers. That's about time John Cena's getting his start. You're talking, you know, early 2000s when Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton, they're doing the 15 years thing now. The talking. ruthless aggression era, they <laughs> want to call it. Oh, my God. Whatever. So you have, you know, Evolution coming along as kind of the post-DX stable. Yeah. And, I mean, I still enjoyed that, but it's around that time that I'm kind of not as uh, engrossed in wrestling as I had been. And then you get around the time I get to high school in the late 2000s, it's just John Cena's business. Yeah. They're transitioning to the PG era, and I just sort of stop giving a shit entirely. So I, I can, just started I, pick, that, yeah. I just started picking it back up, and I'm, I'm you know... Trying to see if the new era can suck me back in, and you know we'll we'll see what happens. I like it so far, but Wade, explain your wrestling fandom. Well, I'm 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 a little older than you are. Uh, I was I was born in 1986. Um, what, what they would call the golden era of wrestling, I believe. <laughs> um, 
uh, the Hulk Hogan's, the Ultimate Warriors, uh, the greatest of all time, Macho Man, Randy Savage, um, the man. There's n- no one that even hold a candle to him ever. Do you have a ever. Macho Man voice? Do you, do you um, have uh, do the uh, the cream of the crop? Oh, yeah, like it's not it's not great. <laughs> Every, ever, everyone good. gots one. Uh, uh, Dan Soder, if you can, if you know who he is, he's, yeah. he's a comedian, and I don't even want to do a Macho Man impression anymore after I heard Dan Soder's. It, he just retired it because he, he knocked he, it out of the park. He, he might do a better Macho Man than Macho. Macho Man, <laughs> uh, he's fantastic. Um, but that, 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 that's when I started watching. Um, recently, like I was just at my dad's place, and he, he pulled out my uh, my Macho King uh, wrestling buddy. That's gotta be it's gotta be twenty five years old by now. Like I remember yeah. getting that. Um, so I'm a thirty year old. <laughs> <laughs> that has my macho king buddy um do you sleep with it now i don't I, I like i just recently took it out of my truck it was just kind of in the back of my truck and like like hidden under uh, a couple towels and in shame but I've, I've brought it back in the house now i need to find some place to put it um but that's when i started um like i started watching wrestling with my grandpa it was just like that's what we did like wrestling was on saturdays then i know it's on mondays yeah. now but wrestling used to be on saturdays and that's just like what we did um so you watched it back before, like now Raw is like the bonanza. It, it's it's the longest running weekly episodic television. Oh show. yeah, and like and it wasn't even on Mondays. It wasn't even then. yeah. They didn't even have a Nitro, nothing like that. It was it was Saturdays. Um, but like we mostly watched like WCW when I was uh, just a child, a, a toddler. Um, and I just I remember I remember Cactus Jack and and Vader just being the two scariest men I had ever seen in yeah. my life. And they were always beating up Sting, so they were even <laughs> extra scarier. Um, and then uh, by the time the Attitude Era started, like, I was just becoming a teenager. Like, so it was perfect for me. Yeah. Like, I was out of the, you know, the hokey face paint and neon colors, and I wanted, you know, jean shorts and, and cut-off T-shirts. And uh, it was perfect. Like, it was, it was Monday Nitro. It was Raw. I was 12. There was nothing cooler than, you know, it was, it was, it was Monday Night Raw in South Park is what I lived on. And, um, <laughs> like, I was Sting for Halloween one year. It's a good choice. Yeah, right? Like, like it looked awesome. And how I, many people asked if you were the crow? Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Every single person thought I was the crow, fat crow. <laughs> um, like I th- I'm pretty sure I got called gothic up until like I was in high school because of the one year I dressed like Sting. Um, yeah, so and was then, it worth it? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I just haven't explained myself my whole life until I moved away. Um, and then like I was just huge wrestling fan. Like it's what I like lived and breathed. It's all I wanted to talk about. I actually told like my freshman year um, when you meet your guidance counselor and they ask, well, what do you want to be when you graduate high school? I told her I wanted to be a professional wrestler like at that point in my life I was still convinced that's what I was gonna do and um, I just stuck with it all the way up until um, it was I didn't even want to stop watching it was a Monday like WCW shut down ECW gone there was nothing else but now the I think it was still WWF at the time and they switched from from USA Network to TNN I didn't have TNN, so I just never got to watch it. And then, like, by the time it came back to USA, I didn't fucking care anymore. Like, everyone that I watched was gone. And there was just, like, a 10-year a gap, in, maybe 12 years in between me watching and stop watching. And then I just heard that, oh, um, it was, like, 2012. They said Triple H was coming back, and, and, and Undertaker was coming back, and The Rock was coming back. and um, Mostly lies. Yeah, 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 for one match. Yeah, and, and Brock Lesnar, who, like, I never even got a chance to watch was coming back i kind of like watching clips here and there on youtube and then like i i watched the raw 1000th episode and then like 
immediately got sucked back into it like like it was just everything like oh this is so perfect it's all my favorite guys it's all these legends coming back and um i got right at the tail end of cm punk like right at the end of his title era is when i probably started watching again and uh 2012 so four years of of being back (laughs) so you're gonna have to work with me on the the old references and then you're also gonna have to work with me on the newer references because you you got me in terms of Mostly that the the four years you've been watching back in it at most I probably watch the four main pay per views a year yeah. and maybe not even that sometimes if it wasn't a good card you know I, I still read a lot of wrestling that's like how nerdy I am yeah I wasn't I didn't have time to watch seven hours a week or whatever the hell they're doing now but I had time to just kind of read up and keep up with the different the changing of the times seeing were they ever gonna find a way to get past this kind of John Cena like. John repetition. Cena, yeah, he started when I quit watching too. That was, I got to see him happen. Uh, I I probably was falling out the about the time I quit caring was John Cena hadn't quite made it to the main event level. He was still you know going for Intercontinental Championship and he still had his rap thing in full yeah. force. Like he still has it. Like he still will do random rap things. His, his theme songs, him rapping. Yeah, it's still him yeah. rapping. He still is that character minus rapping every single yeah. week. But it didn't really change all the movies. But that was around the time I quit caring because I could just see that John Cena was the next thing. And I liked, I liked it originally before he got big, before the, the kids started loving him and keeping him at the top. You know, the kids and Vince McMahon. Apparently those two were on the same page. <laughs> Eight-year-olds and Vince McMahon. For sure. But I just remember like watching it and I almost liked him because he sucked me in. A lot of his moves are Stone Cold-esque. Like he has a lot of kind of roughneck does a lot of strikes does that he even did the luthes press for a long time the big difference for john cena would be he's a behemoth and so he'll do a lot of power moves but stone cold wasn't a weakling either i mean once he got to the neck injury he had to cut out a lot of what he could do in the ring turned into more of a brawler but he physically was able to do those moves and did them earlier in his career you could see the connection if you watch early john cena you're like there's a few things i was like all right in the ring wise there's kind of a stone cold element and so i was looking at john cena i'm like if they fix that character he might be a nope 10 years of being top card as the exact same motherfucker and it just killed me He's, he's he's like he's he's the boy scout he's superman like like he's always going to do the right thing he's always going to smile and wink at the camera and it, it it makes me sick to my stomach you don't like when he goes on espn and he's that's super crossover now there's a wwe espn page and that's in coach no small part to coach and john cena two yeah. of the wwe people i hate the most they're the reason that's happening but that's a big step like that that's huge that they're getting sports center coverage i mean probably at the time the sports center is dying because we all get our sports highlights on twitter but yeah still a well, good crossover and, and rolling stone has started doing articles on the wwe I didn't even like, know like, that. like 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 i'm like i'm like the rolling stone magazine on facebook and they're constantly posting wwe stuff which just boggles my mind like, like articles or like just gifts because apparently the gifts have taken over like it's wwe gifts for everything you watch the nba finals and it was just all wrestling actually these are actual articles talking about like oh this is SummerSlam's coming up and rolling stone has an article on it and like since when like (laughs) like how'd that happen and to think they did it into the PG era, like they didn't do the articles back when it was actually back, fringe. Yeah, back. They have when to wait till it truly is mainstream. Fuck them. I don't. Yeah, I don't even. I don't even understand the logic <laughs> behind putting wrestling in the Rolling Stone magazine. I don't know the audience. I don't understand who's going to the site. Well, they, they got me because I'm apparently yeah, a fan of both. <laughs> 
<laughs> you were the one person that the missed one that guy cross, that's uh, just like hey good in. yeah more wrestling news oh man we've got started you guys know about our wrestling fandoms or i should just say wrestling geekdoms that makes more sense with uh <laughs> totally geeked yeah but we're gonna get started and we're gonna first i, I kind of lied in the beginning we're not just doing the preview for SummerSlam. we're building into it with what we think of the new era heading into SummerSlam. we'll start with the thing that people don't think is hugely important but actually can make or break a wrestling episode and that's the announcers there's nothing better for me than jim ross and jerry lawler jim ross lives sleeps and breathes wrestling oh for sure just the perfect wrestling geek as an announcer you have jerry lawler who found a way to both be a face and a heel simultaneously in a way that the the new announcers attempt and fail miserably you know the kind of way to support the heel every time but you know if you yell puppies enough times we're we're misogynist so it works out we're a big fan latino heat <laughs> He found the perfect way to be that cartoon heel announcer that we ended up loving him, even though he, we were meant to hate him. And the only one who's gotten close, SmackDown announcers, JBL, he's sort of pulling off the Jerry Lawler. Sort of. He's doing it enough that I'm okay with it. Uh, then you have, is it Mauro Ranello? Mauro Ranello, yeah, something he, like he's, that. He's He has the potential to be the next JR. He just has a passion for it. He does it in a way. He's that kind of uh, suit and tie broadcaster that, you know, he's the guy who's probably classically trained. He went to school for it, and he's, oh, up into the mic, like Michael Cole is supposed to be, but Michael yeah. Cole's terrible at it. He's got that and the wrestling fandom that I think down the road. That's what I was going to say guy. about Morrow. Is like he actually seems to enjoy wrestling. Yeah. And, the, and the last person that you heard enjoy wrestling was JR. Like, yeah. Enjoy it and be good at their job while doing it. As opposed to Michael Cole feels like his soul is being sucked out of him each I think week he, does. he has to do it. I think he does. He just looks so depressed each time he has to do the tweet thing. Like How many times do I got to oh. talk about what's trending? You can see it in his eyes. He's not happy. <laughs> He's he's dying inside and maybe outside at this point. And 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 what is Michael Cole turned into? Like, what's going on with his hair and his soul patch and his ears? Like, like I remember Michael Cole being the weird little skinny guy with the smart ass goatee, and now he looks like a smart ass <laughs> goblin. Like I like I don't know what happened to him. The only time Michael Cole made an impact at all is when he was being humiliated by The Rock. Yeah. Other than that, there's no reason and for him to have that, ever been on that show. That gave him a 20 plus year career. <laughs> it He's sure on top did. Now. All he had to do was take The Rock shit for a few years. Now I'm Jr. <laughs> that SmackDown crew would be fine, but then they just have David Atunga just sitting there, not contributing anything really. I don't even know if he was ever a wrestler. I've never seen him in a wrestling match. I think he was part of uh, Nexus. So you came. That would be the time where I was I sort of totally paying attention. Totally missed out on Nexus. Nexus would be right before the Shield. Like so, Nexus is in NXT. That first crop of NXT superstars that come up, and it was like a eight-man crew. I think Daniel Bryan was part of it Daniel for a little Bryan, while. Daniel Bryan, yeah. Heath uh, Slater was, was yeah. in there, I believe. Yes, uh, Wade Barrett and like poor four, Wade Barrett like four other guys I don't know or give a shit about but yeah David Otunga was part of that group like the only thing I've ever seen him do was was drink coffee in the <laughs> ring next to someone like whether it be I think John Laurinaitis maybe he was yeah. just the the guy that drank coffee next to him in the <laughs> ring I was like, okay uh, nice arms lawyer I don't know it's it's tough getting with that three-man crew I don't know if I like it because it's hard to get all the, like like I said with JR and uh, Jerry the King, it's that kind of dynamic of a face in the heel in the same way the match should be a face in the heel. And even if you're kind of skewering it, you're kind of you know blending it, JBL has gotten to the point where he's good enough at being the heel 
that we don't need David Otunga just jumping in, su- sort of doing it, but not really doing it. I don't need David Otunga doing anything. That's fair. Um, but then we have to compare it to the Raw uh, people with, as we brought up, Michael Cole. Then you throw in two guys that don't have experience, Byron Saxton and then Corey Graves, who had a kind of fandom from his rising up in NXT, and then it didn't work out due to concussion. I don't know if you watched. There was an E60. I did see that. It was really good. Like, I'm happy for him, but at the same time, I wish he was just better at announcing, or at least they figured out his role better. I think it's mostly them figuring out his role. Like, like I've listened to a couple of Corey Graves' uh, calling matches on NXT and stuff. And I, I think Corey Graves is, is, is pretty good, but he's just not quite there yet. Might he, take he's, some time. He might be better suited for NXT. And I, I don't know what that's saying about him, but he was better on NXT. He might be he's, better in the pre-show. He doesn't do the heel on NXT, which he's trying to do it on Raw. Kind, yeah, like and I'm tired of the kind of heels. Yeah. Like, like, like be a heel or don't. Yeah. You're the announcer. You can be the cartoon. We want to see less of the cartoon with the wrestlers, but you can still do it as the announcer. And for whatever reason, they just don't quite want to do that. I was in a sports history class last semester, and he was talking about how UFC will get to mainstream once it's no longer Joe Rogan doing it. Like, you're going to need some guy yeah. like that's classy announcer. You get, you know, the, the boxer-level announcers, and that's when you know you've made it to the mainstream. And in that same way, wrestling is fighting with that, despite them not being, you know, an actual combat sport, but that's the term now combat sport yeah. the crossover appeal of Brock Lesnar to both sports. They want to have that kind of mainstream draw even if it brings down the quality of the program or at least in my eyes. Once again, I could be wrong because we talk about you know the golden era of wrestling in the 80s. We're talking about the Attitude Era being this, this great time. They're making more money now. They keep making more money. So maybe we're just wrong. Could be. We I could mean. be wrong. I don't think I am, but, but we could be. <laughs> It's easy to argue that like the in-ring product was better or the characters were better and all these things, but the better character gets young people to keep coming to the shows and buying merchandise, and that way they're doing it right, even if some of the older fans watch and they're like, I can't watch this anymore because it's not as good. You already have the issue with matches. They don't want them to be longer, so they try to shorten it, and so they're just used to these five-minute quick get-in, get-out get on with life it's not going to be as entertaining to matches at least to me well I mean, how much can you do in five minutes like, there's not much no and, th- and then well next week we got another five minute match and it's just five minutes of the same old shit and that's why when they go to raw three hours it's like okay you have time to do more matches and instead it's just more total matches that are five minutes that didn't improve the programming actually that turned me away more so than anything else i'm having a hard time right now in the new era i know people are mad at the smackdown not having a uh, much depth on the roster I'm having more fun with SmackDown because I can watch it in two hours. I can get done with it. Some of them, they're actually doing a little bit longer matches. They're trying to focus on wrestling. I'd rather watch the two hours than three hours of Raw. I think SmackDown is trying to be different. Um, And like they're slowly doing it. Like it's slowly going away from what it used to be, but it it might just be too slow. I mean, like you you said, we're going to be SmackDown. We're going to be new. We're going to be doing all this stuff. And it's just kind of the same old stuff, except every now and again, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon will come out and and talk about nothing. Talk about nothing. But that same time is being taken up by Stephanie on the other show. Exactly. So there's only so many ways to put on a wrestling show. They're not going to reinvent the wheel on this. But in terms of trying to get it where the matches 
give people more time to feel it out. I think as you start seeing a bunch of wrestlers that are used to five-minute matches get more used to seven to ten-minute matches, you're going to start to see it work out better, or at least hopefully that happens. And then relying on promos that are more either recorded in the back, done in the back, they stop doing that as much as they used to. And if they start doing it that way rather than Seth Rollins, if Seth Rollins is out in the middle of the ring for longer than the match, why am I watching? Why am I watching Seth Rollins not be a good villain for <laughs> 20 minutes? 20 minutes. For a four-minute match that, you know, somebody wins with a, a, a cradle pin. Like, every single week. Every tw- week. 20 minutes of nothing, and then, oh, we might have a match afterwards. Maybe. Maybe. So this is a little controversial one because I just read an article that uh, didn't like this idea. But what did you think of the Roman Reigns-Rusev uh, match, which lasted damn near 30 minutes? Um, I, I mean, I like it. I think it gives, like, people want to say that Roman Reigns can't wrestle, and I think it gives him a chance to show that he can wrestle. Like, he may not be able to do anything else, but I think he's a really decent wrestler. He's, he's got moves that, like, I've never seen, like, anyone, like, that's supposed to be labeled as the strong guy do. Like, like uh, he does that Undertaker, you know, jump over the top rope that every time I'm yeah. like, God, it might be better than the Undertaker's. <laughs> like, he gets air on it. And and I, and I I love Rusev. Like, I think Rusev's great. Um, especially now that he's back with Lana, because yeah. I don't know if you saw any of that w- w- when they decided, oh, we're going to break up Rusev and Lana. Yeah, and I saw that. I was not a fan. But it made you hate both of them. Yeah. Um, and, and before that, I was a fan of both of them. I think those two need each other. Um, it, it, it's that classic monster heel with, with um, a manager. Like, yeah. And I think, I think Roman Reigns, I, th- I think Roman Reigns could be improved with a manager. He, well, this is the argument that I had made. I, he needs to have the Brock Lesnar, Paul Heyman, like, guy talking for him mm-hmm. minimize it because even that they, it was roman reigns rusev with the wedding thing and the wedding cake which by the time it was done it was still a great segment but he was so bad at it all his yeah. little jokes trying to do it like he has no timing he's not clever he is what i call net negative charisma <laughs> like any situation that could be fine like even if it works out it's not because of roman reigns at least in terms of the persona and so when you get the fans saying he's not good in the ring he has continue to improve over the time i've watched and like i said i'm watching the pay-per-view so i'm only watching yeah. roman reigns since yeah. that's, he keeps getting the the top billing he keeps getting better and he's getting to the point where yeah he's a huge wrestler who's agile he used to be a defensive tackle at georgia tech he can do things in the ring that other big guys are not going to be able to do uh one of the issues i have with his wrestling is he's not good at selling they tried to improve it and you can see it now he oversells to the point that i'm like you're huge man yeah. you can't have every move hurt you like you can't be like overdoing every fucking thing that happens and if he got that down he's obviously he's huge and can do you know power moves that are entertaining and as much as the the smart fans want to tell people that finn balor is the future of wrestling to some degree i need a huge guy who's going to power bomb the fuck out of somebody else that's find, exactly what i want the flying moves can only do so much would i like the big wrestlers to be better would i like them to hold them to a higher standard so they keep improving and not just give roman reigns the reigns immediately puns uh-huh. uh, yeah i would i i need those big wrestlers maybe that's me not being the the smart kind of fan maybe you guys are better than i am but no like we need that even things like undertaker and kane and them in their latter years where they can't do as much i miss the old monsters like like, like back when like oh it's just be a match you don't care about d'lo brown versus val venus <laughs> and then the lights go out oh. and then kane comes out and fucks up everybody like like just because he can yeah. like i miss that and so there's a, much there's, there's no payoff at the end and there's no continuing the storyline. He just does it and done. Just if there's if there's a continuation, it's the people the people in charge 
complaining in the back. You can't go out there and do this. Oh, what are you thinking? And then they have to back off because Kane will kill them. Then they get choke slammed. Yeah, yeah I miss stuff like that. And you could easily see a handful of guys do that. Braun Strowman works. If they ever figure out what to do with Bray Wyatt, he's like the perfect heel that they can't figure he's anything out with. He's so good. And they don't do anything. I don't know if he's ever won a match on a pay-per-view. Maybe <laughs> once. Not a match that mattered. He's yeah. definitely never won a match that mattered. Yeah. And those other guys, like Rowan and Strowman, like, they're not going to be able to do anything without him. They're one of those cases of the big, scary monster that needs a, that needs a heel manager and, and why it fits that role. He did both. Of, He's the wrestler and the and manager. manager. And, and you found a way to screw that up. You had a guy who was versatile, and they still couldn't get it to work. And then they break him up. This is the second time they've broken yeah. up the Wyatts. Um, I, I think if any of them are going to be able to go on and have a singles career at all, it would probably be Luke Harper who's out right now. Yeah, and I, I still think Strowman, I think, I mean, it, it's limited, but he's still imposing enough that he doesn't have to be a great wrestler. Yeah, and he's so big enough. You can make it work. I don't give a shit about Rowan. Uh, but yeah, Luke yeah. Harper can probably pull it off. I guess I like the idea of breaking them up because I think that means Bray Wyatt has a better shot of finally working. Like, with with them, it kind of limits it to tag team, and yeah, it was a great kind of rivalry with New Day. Yeah, I want to see Bray Wyatt at I hate, the top. I hated that rivalry with New Day. I hate <laughs> New Day so much. I, I just can't get behind the New Day. They're kind of funny. Like they're starting to grow on me. Which like they come out and they do a promo, and like they they'll, they'll get a laugh out of me now because yeah. they just throw in sexual innuendos yeah. constantly. Like like they're just constantly talking about ejaculating in their promos like they had Kobe Kingston was just saying skeet 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 yeah. just out loud on live television I, I'm amazed at the fact that how how over the new day has gotten because I I, I can't get behind pink and rainbows and unicorns I, I think part of it is black wrestling fans that haven't had anybody to truly root for they've been wrestling fans their entire life but what character what is there there's like Booker T you have Booker T you have stuff like The Rock where The Rock was never a black wrestler it doesn't matter I mean we can have the argument all day but that's not what the rock was. transcends race yeah <laughs> and then like you said in a pg era we don't have a lot of these uh dirty jokes that fit in although now they're going with the luke gallows and uh anderson yeah. doing the doctor thing where it's just only that and you're like really like you're letting that happen right now yeah like, there's not any like you they're not slipping them in it's the entire promo and i was like I don't think that's allowed in the PG era. I, I love those two guys. I love Anderson <laughs> and Gallo so much, and I, I, I I'm worried because I think I, the WWE is not going to know how to use them. I don't think um, those two. Like I've I've just heard like po- just podcast after podcast with those two guys, and they have so much charisma. They're so funny. They're great, and I just don't think the WWE is going to know what to do with them. And they're just like, well, that's kind of proven so far because they haven't done anything but go out and get beat up by John Cena every week, even though they're the ones supposed to be beating him up. Yeah, was it Gallows was like fake Kane? He was. He, he was the imposter Kane. He was. Uh, Festus? Festus. Yeah. I didn't know if you missed it with with not watching during that time. That's like, I caught it in <laughs> clips, man. I've seen the clips for sure. And, and that then, was one of the best characters that was wholly offensive and should never have been on the show. It can't be more offensive than Eugene. Like, I've I've seen Eugene on these pay-per-views. I've been watching on the WWE Network for an undi- undisclosed sum. Y- yeah, <laughs> you, Eugene was definitely the next step on that, where it was, like, not like he's just mentally not there, but, like, he's literally mentally retarded, and we're supposed to laugh at this week in and week out. Like, I don't get offended easy at all, and yeah. that is the most <laughs> offensive thing I've ever seen in my life, is a grown man going out there and pretending to be retarded, and that's like, oh, yeah, that's my gimmick. I pretend to be retarded. Like, yeah. That's awful. 
And that lasted a long ass time. Oh, too long. Yeah, like, I couldn't even tell you, but I know that with me tuning in and out, I saw enough of his matches to know, man, that was going on like, for well, way too that long. guy's still around? <laughs> yeah, like, he never disappeared. Like, I tuned back in, I'm like, wonder if, nope, Eugene nope. did not disappear <laughs> nope. yet. Still He's got still him. <laughs> Gallows and Anderson are really good wrestlers. The tag team is working fine, but it's kind of like in orbit around the new day. Yeah. Like what happens when they go out of that orbit? Will WWE figure out a way to use them? And as we find out more often than not, they fuck it up. More often than not. So we, we talked for a while. We kind of got our, our bearings in and talking about wrestling, but now we need to actually do a couple of the breakdowns. Uh, we were talking about the Roman Reigns Rusev. I think it was a great way. If you're going to get Ro- Roman Reigns going, that's the perfect thing. Perfect guy for him to go up against. Intercontinental Championship. US. Don't, don't make him a... Or US. My bad. I always forget. Miz is holding the Intercontinental. <laughs> it's like that belt doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so he's going for the US. I'm fine with that. That's the way to do it with Roman Reigns. Don't don't let him go right back up to the main card. Like, Absolutely don't, not. Don't do it immediately. Give it some time. I hate when they like like take someone up to the world title belt without ever holding a, a mid-card belt. It, yeah. it, it doesn't like... I don't, I don't like it. It seems like yeah. they're skipping... And and I don't I don't like it. Like well, I do think it's funny that after he uh, fails his drug test, he, he gets demoted down yeah. to the U.S. Championship. And then they made sure that he had to lose the triple threat match. That was a good way to like. Oh, put for it in sure, yeah. Like, Suck on that. One person said that they thought the match should have been where he gets double pinned, and that way oh. there's a title for each one, See, and they are the champion. Yeah. Would have been easy to put that in instead of and just then, being the next night being like, we are gonna have a tournament for a dumbass title we made. Yeah. Split the shows and then they can both be champion of the show. Yeah. Like, yeah, that could totally work. It could have worked, but they didn't do it because they're the WWE. What's next on this one? That I don't feel like we need to talk about the John Cena AJ Styles. We might have to since it's our first podcast, but in terms of it's kind of coming to the end, I hope. It's sh- I think this will be the final uh, battle between Styles and Cena, TNA versus WWE. The tough thing is John Cena, we know, is superhuman and survives 30 finishers. Even in the video game, they make him almost <laughs> unbeatable. I do use John Cena when I'm playing the game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> AJ Styles, like... His finishers don't ever sell. Like, I can't tell when the end of the match is going to be because you can't tell anyways with John Cena. Actually, yeah. you can't tell anyways with any. That's another thing to complain about. Kicking now, out of finishers? Everybody kicks out of three everybody. finishers. And it's not even necessarily a pay-per-view thing. It'll happen on Raw, on yeah. SmackDown. No. It should barely happen on the pay-per-views. I don't care if fans have gotten to the point where, like, you know, you just have to keep one-upping the last one. It just annoys the hell to me. A good match gets ruined because you, find, you start to see when they get to that wind-down period. And it's like, oh... Five more finishers to go. It's ruined really great matches. You can do it in a match where John Cena gets hit with an F5 versus Brock Lesnar, but it's after he's beaten the shit out of Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar takes forever to crawl over to pin. But they're literally going for the pin immediately. What's the fucking finisher then if he immediately pins him and they they kick out three times in a row? That's not a finisher. And it almost, like, I kind of like it during the big matches because, you know, the false finish is is, is good. It's surprising. It goes, oh, I thought that, you know, that was it. But not when it happens every single match. Um, Then it takes the surprise away. Um, There's nothing, like, it's no longer a false finish. It's like, oh, he's got two more until he gets pinned, so... (laughs) And if you're doing it five matches on a pay-per-view, then yeah. yeah. It's like, I've seen it five times tonight. Like, that didn't surprise me. And that's taken away from the top. It's supposed to be the, the main event. It's supposed to be the best one. And I don't care anymore. I might have cared more on the first time it happened on the night. By the time I get to the main event, fuck you. I don't care that you pumped out of five finishers, John Cena. It doesn't mean anything to me. Who do you think's winning this one, Cena or Styles? 
I mean, it's the, if, if we really think it's the last match, can it really be AJ Styles? Especially if we're thinking John Cena might like get to the point where he's he's just gonna go and do his other things he's at the very least not doing weekly anymore can you let aj styles win that i think styles is gonna win you think Styles? i do think i do think that well we're gonna start doing bets on this show this is the new show is all about (laughs) wwe bets they take those actually which is ridiculous i think i can i can make a pretty good living if i could just find out what website does that uh, I don't think Bovada does it, but most other ones. I won't say the names. I'm not trying to get you arrested <laughs> on this podcast. Who's uh, who's going to win between Rusev and, and, and Roman Reigns, you think? Can they still be mad at him this long? Can I think they? so. I think Rusev is going to destroy him. The reason I think Rusev is going to win is because of the thing I was dreading earlier. They're going to send Roman Reigns back up to the top. Even despite losing... He's going to not, because if he has the belt, he has to yeah. hold the belt for at least a little while. He's going to lose, and then he's somehow going to work his way back up into title contention. I hope they don't. I hope he loses, and I just hope they, like, kind of let him cool off for a little while. Make him, make him start losing to, like, Keith Slater for, like, well, I guess that he might be on the other show. And he didn't sign the contract, so I actually don't know where Heath Slater just is. Have, just have Roman Reigns turn heel finally. I mean, everyone's booing him. Like, that, that's exactly what they did, like, when The Rock was still Rocky Maivia. Like, they were trying to put him over as this good guy, and everyone hated him and booed him. And then he came out and told, told the whole audience to go fuck themselves. And then a year later, he was The Rock, like, the biggest superstar of all time, arguably. Um, and I think Roman Reigns could do the same thing. Like, just turn him not, heel. Not the same thing, because... I think he cr- could. Because The Rock had the charisma even then. Like, you, where... Yeah. He didn't have it working, but he had charisma. Roman Reigns does not. Now, being the behemoth that he is, you could easily do it. Like I said, do it where he has a Paul Heyman-type manager. Or even then, you don't even necessarily have to have the manager that... If you don't have a guy, don't just force somebody, which is something else that they would do. Yeah. You know, there's only one Paul Heyman. Don't pick some random guy to do it. Yeah, because there are no managers anymore. Yeah. I mean, who is there? Heyman. Yeah. I, That's it. They need to start pluck, uh, plucking guys from, like, New Japan and these other shows. Like, just I mean, I guess, I, I guess NXT is, is, is trying to bring Paul Ellering back, but yeah. no one's ever cared about Paul Ellering. <laughs> The worst part of the Road Warriors. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot. Then you have like the what the John Laurinaitis type thing. You have really gimmicky ones. Uh, I John Laurinaitis is just the, like the <laughs> absolute worst. He is just a black hole of just going out there. And I thought he was the first time I ever saw John Laurinaitis. I thought he was Super Dave Osborne. <laughs> This is Super Dave out here in the ring. This is great. Oh no, it's this is the Road Warrior Animals, brother. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah, yeah it's not a very good storyline that they're working there. So I know if they do that with Roman Reigns, I, it doesn't need to be a manager. Keep him on a short leash when it comes to mic skills. Just don't let him say more than like five words every time he comes out. I still think heel turns the best thing to do. With no, Roman but you Reigns. do the yeah. heel turn. But I mean, just yeah, he doesn't need a manager. Just make him a pit bull. Just yeah. he, like the, the monster thing again. Like come out. Knock somebody the fuck out and then don't say anything. Just walk, just walk away. Spear tackle everyone. Walk, walk to away. the back. No more Superman punches and just yeah, go to the back. Done with those. I was done immediately. Like, it's just not. And the worst thing is there's other wrestlers, like small wrestlers that do it. And it's like, oh, that's a good move when you don't think it's a finisher. It's like, yeah. that's great. Stop doing it. Uh, that, that would be my guess. Is I'm going to say Rusev wins, but it's only because I agree. the, the bad thing winning. is going to happen. Go down to the bottom of the card. We talk about the women's match, but the uh, not not the championship between Sasha Banks and Charlotte, but the uh, six tag with Eva Marie that keeps coming out and not wrestling <laughs> ever. God, it, it's a terrible gimmick because you already know she's bad. Unless they tricked us and she they and got she her really somehow good. became yeah, amazing. They got her so good so fast, and they're like, "This is the way to this do it. This is it. it. We and did if it." They, if that's what they do, hats off to them. They tricked me. 
But no, she's going to be so bad in doing that build up that way. That doesn't make her a better heel in that way. Yeah. It just wastes our time. And I didn't even know that match was happening. Like Neither did I until you just, just mentioned yeah. it. I didn't know it was happening. But apparently that was the whole deal where she can't fight Becky Lynch and then she comes out and she can't fight uh, Naomi. And like it was because all of them were going to be in one match once they did that. It was three weeks doing this terrible storyline to make it all come together for a match nobody gives a shit about. No one. I, so we'll just skip that. We don't even need to talk about it. We don't need to figure it out. <laughs> Miz versus Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental Championship. I know, I know, you had your take on Miz. You're you're not a big fan. The Miz is is the worst thing I've ever seen. Like like we were talking earlier. Like he doesn't even get booed because he's a bad guy. He just gets booed because he sucks. And, and and that's a big difference between like what type of heat you're getting. Like you're just getting booed because people just aren't interested in you. I think they call that X Pac heat. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and well, well, and like I, I don't even know how I feel about a, a Apollo Apollo Cruz yet. Like, like he's like he's, he's okay. He's got talent. Uh, we haven't seen Mike skills to matter. So we, I don't know if he's good or bad. We haven't yeah. seen it. They haven't given him um, time on it. And in ring, it's not that he's great, but physically, he's got the body type that could work. Like we said earlier, with having good uh, black superstars, if he can yeah. do anything at all, he can make it. He's we'll much better than our truth for sure. They keep doing that too. Like yeah, enough with the gold dust and our truth already. This is where it would be okay if they did it like once every other week. Don't do it every night. Them coming out wasting our time. Yeah. But just occasionally they're there. They should be like fringe. We haven't had a laugh in a while, so just send them out to ruin something, and then maybe I could put up with it. But as a weekly basis, it wasn't funny the first time, so it's not going to be funny six times in a row. Yeah. Uh, the the Pokemon Go thing, like it, I laughed the first like the first. 20 seconds of it like not the full night they did kept doing it throughout the night i was okay for the first 20 seconds i was like oh shit they're gonna keep doing this why this did is, i laugh this, this is just a thing it's now. like you sanctioned it by laughing yeah. you're like this is my fault now i did you're, this to us don't encourage them <laughs> um i, I guess i kind of got us off topic <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an interesting thing um, luckily they don't have a match at SummerSlam. thank goodness uh, next up enzo mori big cast versus chris jericho kevin owens jericho Jericho. I guess that's what they're calling him on the internet. I saw that on Instagram. Jera-KO. I'm not getting on Instagram. I had other reasons, but now I'm definitely not. <laughs> that's another interesting heel. Like I, I would say him and The Miz are in the same lane, but obviously Chris Jericho is doing it at a whole nother level than The Miz. Although it's purposely cartoonish, which talked before the show. I'm not as big of a fan of that. I'd rather them just have a really good heel. But I'd rather have Chris Jericho doing that than some of the other heels that they've gone with. I'd rather him just be purposely as annoying as he possibly can be. I just don't understand the the Jericho Kevin Owens tag team. Like that just kind of came out of nowhere that that those two would be tagging with each other. And and, and I, I think both their characters like make it seem like they wouldn't tag with each other. But yet that that's what's happening. They tried to do the selling. I think the first time they sold it, I was okay with it because it was like Chris Jericho saying, "I got a guy who's gonna help me out." Like you know, and yeah. like, what's his name? And he's oh, and he makes up some dumbass name. And I thought that was a great little promo in the back. From there, it hasn't gone anywhere. Like, it hasn't been a good, like, selling point that these are, you know, two guys that hate each other, but they're just teaming mm -hmm. up because they're sick of Enzo Amore and Big Cass. And there's another one to talk about. Enzo Amore, wow, I wish he was any better at wrestling. If he was just <laughs> good at all, God, he would be my favorite. I want to hate them. Yeah, but like, it's hard. Like, but, God, like, 
It's so Enzo hard. is so good. He like, knocks it out of the park. They, every time. John Cena was in the ring, and he was kind of mocking him because it's like, you're doing my shtick from yeah. 10 years ago. But you were not even close to that, John no. Cena. Step back. Let Enzo do his thing. If you want to wrestle and show him that he doesn't know how to wrestle, fine. But you step out of his way while he's doing the mic stuff. Get the fuck out of there, John Cena. I wasn't even, like, sold on them. I'm like, okay, I guess they're doing the New Age Outlaws. We're going to say this thing. You guys chant with us. But w- w- when they get in the ring and Enzo does that thing where he just runs in yeah. circles around everybody. He, it's not even circles. Like, it's like, like in place, but kind of forward. Like he does like a, it's like a rocking horse type thing where he's, he's not going anywhere. He's, he's, he just gets so excited <laughs> and he's so happy to be there that like he, he, he wins me over on his excitement alone. You have the repetitive, like soft chant and the, the different things that's built into the yeah. character, but each monologue is his own each night. He comes up with brand new jokes. The only thing I've heard more than once is the John Bon Jericho thing, which is a taunt, so that uh, that works, that's fine. But he comes up with new material every night, and it's only ever been like average like once. Like one time I heard it, and I was like, whatever, and I wasn't really paying attention. But most of the time, I'm sitting there, I'm on the computer doing other stuff, Raw's in the background, and I look up when good things are happening. Enzo is when I look up for the talking. Then the match happens. <laughs> it's not that he's necessarily bad, but he's just a really diminutive guy, and he doesn't have high-flying abilities. He's just super energetic when it comes to the mic stuff, so you can't just say, well, we need you to get better in ring. It's like, no, you need him out there because that man is selling tickets. I, yeah, I think he's going to be one of those guys that's that's like so good at being him and going out there that he doesn't have to be the best wrestler because he can go out there and be more entertaining than any of you without having to do any of those moves. Dare I say, Roman Reigns manager. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that could be something. That could be it's something. It's my issue with it. What are they going to Mer- do with Big Cass after that? Because that guy he will can- not last by himself. But it, once again, we're back to the physically able to do it. His big problem is getting some kind of persona that can work. Yeah. And the best he has is what he's doing right now, and without Enzo, it, yeah, it falls on its face. But I think in terms of in-ring, he can either do that or you find him another partner and keep it going that way. Yeah, no, that's probably not happening. You, there's no reason to bail on that train right now. It's, just, it's working too well. I, now, who do we think is going to win that match? You think they're going to give it ooh. to the heels? think Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens can pull this off? I don't think so. I, I mean, it, it's like... Enzo and Big Cass are two of the biggest things they have going for him right now. I mean, they just had him teaming up with John Cena, and if that's not the WWE saying, we want you to be something, then I don't know what is. And them losing doesn't give them a good like continuation of the rivalry, because it's not a real rivalry. No. It's- manufactured because you needed somebody and, and Jericho and Owens winning doesn't really do anything for them yeah. unless they're going to be a tag team from now on yeah. and, and God let's hope not no not not likely to happen so yeah probably going to be Enzo and Big Cass pulling that one off next one up we got the New Day minus Big E versus Luke Gallows Carl Anderson what do you think is going to happen um I hope that the club wins um, I, I'm a big. Are they still like, the club minus? They are still the club. They because they, they ju- they're they, not doing it as the hey, title on the screen. They haven't split up. They've only expanded. That's that's fair. But <laughs> if if WWE's not pushing it and they barely wanted to push it the first time, getting rid of the bullet aspect of it, yeah. what's the chance they're gonna keep um, going? But they, I haven't seen it on the you know the the title screen for them. Like it hasn't been there on the I, nameplate. I hope they win. I hope they they, they win the tag team titles. Um, I think the New Day has done good on their run. It, it might be time for New Day to do something else. I don't know. Um, but it'd be a good chance for someone else to be a tag team title. Like, there honestly haven't been any tag teams in WWE like, that deserve tag team titles for quite a while now. And I think, like, 
Gallows and Anderson might be the best representative like of an actual tag team um, instead of just two guys that they stuck together as as most of them are now. I yeah. mean that's what New Day is. They're just three guys that got stuck together. Yeah, and but I, I think the New Day worked mostly just because they all had uh, similar enough personalities that kind of flowed. And then you can't just leave New Day with the belts for more than a year. Like at some point, it just ruins like the appeal of that. The kind of look at how long we've had the belt stops mattering when you just don't yeah. give anybody else the opportunity. It'd be good to have them, but that might stop what I want to see happen in the Finn Balor Seth Rollins match a re- <laughs> reuniting the club yes that's that's and that's kind of that what i'm might, hoping for that might help seth rollins finally do something yeah if he's the one who's getting taken down by the club finn balor the original like leader of the bullet club having that universal title and then gals and anderson holding the tag titles like th- that'd be great and, th- and, and then they're back together and you pushed finn balor up immediately you know you heard from the fans enough that we we want you to stop just pushing Roman Reigns and John Cena. We want basically Finn Balor is the next version of Daniel Bryan and we don't want you to wait three years to finally give us what we want. And And they responded immediately in the new era. And so to just make him lose, you can't let Finn Balor lose and then go back because the fans will immediately see through your ruse. If you have the club come out and you have them help him win, then you have the issue where Finn Balor is not that kind of prototypical Vince McMahon huge superstar, but he has those two around him to help keep him with the title. That's a great way to do a heel turn if that's what you want to do. And Finn Balor, as much as fans love him, it's hard for him to be a face because of his face. (laughs) (laughs) I feel the same way about Neville. (laughs) Finn Balor would work perfectly for that. It gives Seth Rollins something to do because Seth Rollins is just toiling at this point. He doesn't have anywhere to go. He is a shitty face and a shitty heel. He's a good (laughs) in-ring wrestler, but he's not pulling it up. This is grading on a curve. If you're giving him top billing, he better measure up for top billing, or I will call him out in his flaws. In the ring stuff, he's he's a pretty good in-the-ring wrestler, but he doesn't sell it in any way with his promos. I don't give a shit about Seth Rollins. In that same way, we can compare him to uh, the another match that we're going to look at, the Dean Ambrose-Dolph Ziggler match. That's something, isn't I, it? Like, I like Dean Ambrose more, but in terms of in-the-ring stuff, I wish Dean Ambrose, another one that I wish he was better in the ring, He's really good at selling moves. He's good at taking bumps. He doesn't have a great offense. And when he does do offense, it's all scrappy. You can't be the heavyweight champion and just be scrappy. Like, your offensive moves can't all be scrappy. Worked for Austin. They're not all scrappy. (laughs) At some point, there was a confidence and there was a power to Austin, even when there were scrappy moves. Dean Ambrose is kind of reeling from hits as he's getting his offense off. And then he does that weird mid-rope thing where he pushes off. He d- does it too much. I think he stopped. I haven't seen it enough times that I've wanted to throw up recently, but he does it so often. I'm, I remember trying to get back into it and watching. I remember my brother telling me, oh, Dean Ambrose is really good, whatever. Yeah. And I watch. And I was like, does he do anything except the little mid-rope thing? Because that's terrible. He doesn't do it yeah. into moves either. Like It's not like a planned choreography thing. Yeah. Like He just does it out of nowhere, and you're like, that didn't fit yeah. anything that was happening. It used to be something he would do to like, oh, they threw him in the ropes and he reversed yeah, and he it, it, reversed it into a clothesline, and now it's just like, like he he just it's did it on SmackDown. It's like out of habit. Like, like it was a match against him and him and Rowan on SmackDown, and and he just did the little 
middle rope clothesline and it might be the worst one I've ever seen. It, I don't even know why he went over there and he's almost just kind of did it to himself. But like, I, I like Dean Ambrose. I like him a lot. I like him in ring. I like his personality. Um, I'd like it a lot more if he would like, um, I don't know if you listen to the Austin and him I did, podcast. I, yeah, I, uh, I completely agreed with Austin that he just needs to turn it up. Like, like, and I think that's, that's everyone on that roster on SmackDown or Raw. They just need to like, just go out there and, 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 and do something. I, I, I think it's, Everything is just way too scripted now down to like from the from the matches to the promos It's all way too scripted and I think it's just a lot of guys that just are, are afraid to go off that script and Like I think that's what made the Attitude Era fantastic is because they just kind of going out there and well, let's just do it You know, it seemed it seemed more natural it like as bad as it seems to say like WWE seems really fake now <laughs> um, It just seems like it's just not as not as natural um, you know I feel like Dean Ambrose is one of those guys that he's not going to be a good actor. Um, he, he's going to be better if he can go out there and improv, other than like try to oh I got to be this guy and act in you know say these certain words. And he almost comes he almost comes off as stiff. And I would agree with you, except in watching the Stone Cold podcast, I watched him be stiff, not talking yeah, off the script, trying to talk to him. Weird. I don't know if it was just you know the Im- intimidation of stone cold and then starting off on the wrong foot of stone cold just having random googled information <laughs> as a as a journalist i understand that kind of feeling that sinks in when you like ask something and like that didn't happen but stone cold doesn't give a shit so he's like whatever i found it deal yeah. with it and i'm it's like yeah that's not gonna make this podcast go any smoother but uh um my prediction for that match is um i think i think ziggler's gonna turn heel i mean he started it this last kind of started it yeah that that was the way to do it i mean the move wasn't like full-on heel but it it gave you like that that groundwork i think that'll be where the surprise is like i i I like as much as i want the club to come in and help finn balor turning him heel and maybe turning i I guess if the club came and helped finn balor win like that would effectively turn you know him heel and maybe turn seth rollins face like i don't know if i've ever really even seen him as a face and i mean that's the tough thing is what how they pull that off and i think what you do once again, I'm a I'm a student of the Attitude Era. You let Rollins keep his heel persona against a heel Balor, and you try to see how long it lasts. Because you're still gonna have fans that are rooting for Balor. They're not gonna turn just because of the storyline saying he's supposed yeah. to be heel. You have Rollins, who I mean, we're not sure what we want to do because, like I said, you want to hate him because he's a heel, but I just hate him because he's not good at it. I wish he was so much better. I wish he didn't look like a Power Ranger. <laughs> uh, hey, at least his hair is all the same color now. That's good. That that's a, that's an improvement. Although it's still super slick without it being like it either got to be a perm or it's got to be dry man stop your shit it's awfully wet i was trying to think what was the other i had a lot of jokes about people's uh sucking at being heels but i forgot (laughs) forgot what the other joke was uh we'll go to the next match uh yeah i think i don't know i i guess this is the thing you have the two guys that somehow i guess Dolph ziggler is a fan favorite in the the smark you know uh, yeah, side pe- of Twitter apparently. People I did really like Dolph Ziggler, and I don't. I don't, I don't understand why. I don't give a fuck about him. That's a once again where I think me and Vince McMahon are on the same page for a lot of it. Uh, I don't understand at all. What about uh, Dolph Ziggler? They like. Yeah, if you're a Dolph Ziggler fan, like you're you're wrong about that. I think he's a good enough performer in the ring. Like like he's he's impressive. Like he can keep going and doesn't seem to get tired. Like that's that's great. But like, like just like as his character, like w- w- what he's been the entire time, like what's to like about that guy like i i wouldn't like that guy in real life 
Yeah. I'm sure he he's good in there, but like, what's to like about him? And that's the where you step in and you turn it into a heel, and you can still put exactly. a heel higher up on the event card. But you can't when his in-ring skills are good. I'm not saying he's not a, a good wrestler. Because he went from being what the show off to now he's 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 a he's a glam rocker. Is that what's I going on even, with him no, now? Nobody knows. It's not a storyline. <laughs> it's unlikable. Yeah. If that's what SmackDown's doing, then I have to start agreeing with people that SmackDown isn't you know putting their best foot forward and don't have a because it can't be Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler. Okay with Dean Ambrose being the champion, but I would need him to have a good person to play off of. Like I said, yeah. really good at selling it in the ring. So if he's facing a, a a top performer, it can work. But against Dolph Ziggler, I don't want to watch that damn match. Well, and, and Ziggler just went from being in like the middle of the middle to he was just some guy to now he's number one contender. Like out of fucking nowhere i would have been which i guess with the roster smackdown has who else was gonna do it i wanted bray wyatt bray i did want bray wyatt too that's who i wanted that was pretty much that that's i will yeah me too now they're giving all these other fans what they want we should have been talking up before now to get what we want. should have been tweeting more (laughs) so i don't think that phrase should ever be said (laughs) (laughs) so who do you who's going over with the with the finn balor and rollins you say rollins you know what at this point they don't care what i say anymore i think i think finn balor gets it not the way I said, though. Yeah. Like, I'd like that, but it's not happening. Yeah, I'd like it to be done that way in a good heel form, but I think it'll be Finn Balor winning and staying a good guy, I guess, that he is. Even though he's a demon, he's a good guy. And then Seth Rollins being the, the heel. And then also... I guess if, it can work if Rollins just attacks Finn Balor every week. Not matches, not yeah. whatever. Just constantly beating the shit out of Finn Balor. And by the next pay-per-view, it's Finn Balor finally getting a piece of Rollins after taking an ass-whooping for a month. Yeah. I think that could work. The other big problem is Seth Rollins needs to get a goddamn finisher. He is the worst at doing a pedigree I've ever seen. Me doing it to other, like, 10-year-olds that I grew up with, we did better pedigrees than this man is doing right now. Why is he so bad at it? I don't know. Um, it, I, I, like, the pedigree is not a good move, necessarily. Triple H does it great. Because when he goes and he locks it in, he pulls the arms up. It's a show. Like yeah, it's, it's in there. It's, it's you locked know in, it's coming. And he's yeah, looking the crowd down like I know you want this guy to win. Fuck you. Yeah, and then he slams their face into the mat. Seth Rollins, it just seems lazy, and he just quickly grabs him and throws him. Yeah, down. it seems really quick, like he's trying to make it a fluid move. It's like, not more than a DDT, basically. By the time he's done, it's like he's trying to make a pedigree a move that can come out of anywhere, yeah. and it's not. It's the pedigree no. that's no. like like you. It's 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 a, it's a show to yeah. you know to put their head between your legs and throw their arms back like it's a show um it's not the what was his old the the, the curb stomp which i was a fan of it was I good did but like con- it it's a concussion machine that was part of the match that randy orton and uh seth rollins is in where it becomes like a super the curb stomp turns into a super, super RKO. rko yeah that i thought was amazing i was so excited i couldn't believe the rest of that wrestlemania was so average yeah that was that was a decent it's not a great finisher you'd like him to have something else but that was a good heel finisher it's too bad it was good it's too bad that there's no way to do that correctly and you're only going to ruin the mental health of every wrestler you're in the room um with. i think it's fine I think it just had more to do with the name being no, curb stomp. I, I, that that too. But little you, kids trying to like like it was like oh we got a bunch of little kids trying to yeah, do the curb, curb stomp on the you know just American History X and everybody. But pedigreeing people doesn't work well either. No, no. <laughs> so, but it's not called a curb <laughs> stomp. No one got pedigreed in a in a, in a racist movie. <laughs> <laughs> yet it'd be a good movie so yeah seth rollins got to figure that out we're, we're shooting through the list so we, we went a little long in this podcast so we're just gonna have to go quick but we got through most of the championships 
We didn't really bring up the women's match. Even the best ones, I don't really care most of the time. I skip them. Like, I feel bad sometimes (laughs) for skipping them because I know they're trying so hard, but fuck, I don't care about a girl fight. And now we're splitting up the brands into two, and now there's two women's divisions? Oh, yeah. It doesn't doesn't work. And watching the match, I mean, I guess if you want to argue that Sasha Banks and Charlotte are really good, Charlotte's pretty good, but I wouldn't want her to be the number one. I'd want her to challenge the number one. Sasha Banks' finisher is a cross face where she doesn't lock in their arm. (laughs) (laughs) A toddler can get out of this finisher. Why didn't you just have her lock the person's arm? I don't know. I I, I, I hate submission finishers to begin with. Um, Other other than like a sharpshooter, like they all look pretty hokey. I'm okay with a cross face, especially. I mean, but you're never going to do it uh, as good as the man who cannot be named. (laughs) Murder suicide. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember that guy's name. Nobody's going to do it as good as he who cannot be named. So anytime it's done afterwards, it's just not very good. And especially in this case, they're not even doing the move right. I don't even watch the girl fights on World Star Hip Hop, so I'm not going to be watching <laughs> <laughs> any of the women's title matches either. We're going to get to the last match, and we're going to finish this up. The last one obviously being 15 years in the making, so that's why it <laughs> took us so long to get to it. This is Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. Oh my god, I, I like... I wanted this match so badly, I think, two years ago when I think it, it ended up being Cena in, in Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam because they kind of hinted at it might be Orton because I believe at the pay-per-view before that it was Cena versus Orton and they cut a promo where Orton ended up giving the RKO to both Cena and Paul Heyman. So I, I thought it was going to be Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and I was so fucking pumped for that. <laughs> and then it was just Cena again who did get destroyed um, and that might, might be my favorite match of all time, just watching Cena get destroyed. Um, it's finally happening now, and like I almost feel like, who fucking cares? Because there, there just hasn't been a whole lot of hype about it. Like, like They announced it was going to be Randy Orton versus Brock Lesnar way too early. I think that maybe should have been a surprise, um, because when um, Randy Orton did end up coming back out at Battleground, making his big return, I felt, I I didn't feel like anyone in the crowd cared that Randy Orton was back. And I kind of feel that's how they feel now. It's just like, uh, who cares? Like we saw Lesnar Ambrose at WrestleMania and that sucked. And we kind of found out why that sucked from Ambrose. Um, And I think it's going to be that again. I think it's just going to be another Lesnar squash match. And I don't want to see Randy Orton get squashed. Um, I think he's great. Uh, I don't think he's great right now. Um, Randy Orton being a ba- uh, trying to be a good guy is one of the most hardest things to watch I've ever seen. I don't know why they keep trying to do it so often. Like it's, it, it, he's the he's the best heel we have left with Triple H being at NXT for sure. Like you know running that shit and you know making sure the future of wrestling uh, isn't terrible. Like it's good for Triple H to be there, but we need a heel, and Randy Orton is that guy. And they keep wasting it. You have the shoulder injury, so he's out. Just let him RKO the shit out of everybody. Everybody. If Finn Balor wins, like you said, I want Finn Balor to get an RKO immediately. Immediate. Is Randy Orton on SmackDown? He's on SmackDown, right? He is on SmackDown. I don't care. Come over and... Just do it. That that needs to continue. There's the one thing about the Brock Lesnar-Randy Orton thing I do like is that it's interbrand feud. Yeah. And you said they announced it too early, and that's around the time Brock Lesnar is still setting up for UFC. Yeah. And then he gets the steroid bus, and as it turns out, Roman Reigns gets a 30-day ban for the wellness policy, but Brock Lesnar doesn't because he's a part-time did performer. You, did you see Lesnar on Monday? I was not paying too much attention. Look, what, what, which thing? Looking a lot skinnier. 
<laughs> Maybe a little bit. Like, Maybe a little bit. Looked like Lesnar lost about 45 pounds pretty quick. I don't know in like in that time frame. He lost 45 pounds for the UFC fight because yeah. he, he's around. He's around... <laughs> Uh, 310 usually 300 yeah and he had to be 265 like he's the only person to fight in UFC that needed to cut weight to meet the heavyweight 265 he, he, mark he, he just looked like he, he looked a lot skinnier than he has been and I guess that could have been from cutting all the weight for USC that does make sense now yeah. I just when I saw it I immediately goes ooh someone's off the yeah. juice ain't looking too good I, I bet he's still doing it like, oh for sure there's, yeah. like he didn't stop so well, the, 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 the looking thin was mostly dropping 45 if you drop 45 pounds yeah you're gonna, you're gonna look a little bit thinner it, it was kind of explained off as um the reason brock lesnar didn't get suspended by wwe is that part-timers um aren't under the same wellness yeah, policy as everyone else so they're just like oh what a crock of yeah. shit but i feel like two that's why john cena is so <laughs> i feel like two years ago like the match made more sense between um orton and lesnar because um like it was for a belt you know like could have been for a belt if cena hadn't beat orton um, and you know it w- would have been awesome, but now there's like nothing. Like, what happens to Orton if Orton loses? He loses to Lesnar, who just disappears again. But Orton's a big name. Like, what happens to him now? Or if Orton beats Lesnar, then who gives a shit about Lesnar? Like, um, because he's gonna be gone and just oh, like he, you can't come back four months from now w- with big hype if you just lost. I mean, you can. I, I guess. WWE's not going to... That's the other thing I feel like is terrible about us wrestling fans is like talking about the framework of you can't do this and you can't do that, except they do it over <laughs> and over again to us, and we yeah. keep pretending that there's these unwritten rules of wrestling that must be followed. Vince McMahon just keeps proving that he'll do whatever the fuck he wants because yeah. it's his company, and you're going to keep watching. We keep having this idea of who must win. Like that, That's why the <laughs> WWE... Betting on WWE is hilarious because it's like, yeah, you kind of get a feel for it and you figure out kind of when they pull these punches, when they do this. And it's like, no, it doesn't even seem to build up the next storyline. And Vince McMahon just seems to get bored some nights and he gets to the pay-per-view and he's like, eh, that guy. Ah, Lesnar's ah. beaten Taker. <laughs> I hope that's not how that one happened. Jesus Christ. I feel like it was and it just, it still hurts. I, I hate that Undertaker agreed to it. I hate the idea that, you know, he's like, got me to where I am. You know what you're doing. If that's yeah. the push you want to do. But then, you know, afterwards he's like, yeah, but it was pretty obvious. You're pushing a guy who's already huge. Like, yeah. what is this doing for anybody? Pissed all of us off. That yeah. was about it. That was all it did. But then again, WWE fans, our job is to be pissed off to I, some yeah. degree. So maybe Vince McMahon's still right. When he's wrong, he's right. And it pisses me off. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the inner brand thing, if that gets done right, and that's the issue, the way they did it, it almost worked, but there was something missing. There was something with just randomly each one going to the other show and beating them down. Like, they need to get something that means a Raw SmackDown match during the pay, the shared pay-per-views yeah. that matters. And at this point, it was, it was kind of cool. It was kind of, you know, uh, two heels going at each other, which is I hope is what they were trying to do. Because, like we said, Randy Orton as a face doesn't really work. But you just have two of them going at each other. And I kind of liked it. It was just, I w- like you said, I wish there was more reason to care about more the build winner. up, more hype, like something. But they had to do it pretty quickly. That's the other yeah. thing. Is you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because you're working around Brock Lesnar doing a random UFC match. And they had to do that in a weird way. They had to like not tell anybody he was training. And then there was the one UFC reporter, I forget his name, Ariel, yeah. uh, whatever, who gets banned because he broke the story. Like like 30 minutes before, that's the other thing. is I guess I agree with Dana White because it's like 
your job as a journalist isn't to break the story 30 minutes before the video comes out. Yeah. That's um, you trying to get clicks. That's not a journalist integrity thing. Like, you can't just hide things from us. We're about giving the truth to the fans. Like, yeah, why didn't you do it yesterday, asshole? You knew about this for, like, a week. Like... Yeah, that that was that was so weird. And then they let him back, and then I don't know. And Dana White was still. That was the best part. Is like we let him back in because there was outcry, but it's no apology. Dana no. White's still like he's a weasel. Fuck him. He can keep coming back if he wants to, but he's a little bitch. And it was like that was the Dana White's the best. Like, I do like Dana White so much. <laughs> the UFCs. I'm probably gonna. I just got you know fully invested in it. I'm probably gonna pull back out once you know selling it for four billion and trying to become this you know legit company. Like Dana White can only be the promo guy for so long before they try to transition to something that's less Dana White like. Yeah. And I'm gonna be sad, but man, <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't, and um, that's, I think that's what's great about him. Dana White, manager for Roman Reigns. <laughs> We're figuring this out slowly but surely. We're gonna get this to work. <laughs> so yeah, I mean that that's what we're looking at for SummerSlam. Uh, looking at the card, I mean. I'm okay with the John Cena AJ Styles match. Well, who's really... who's winning? Who's winning between Lesnar and Orton? Do you think? Like we said, you know, letting Brock win doesn't do anything for either one. And if if Brock Lesnar leaves, like if he's if this is one match for the next four months, then why would you let Randy Orton lose to then you know be the only one that's staying around? So I guess Randy Orton gets his ass kicked, but sneaks in a victory. Yeah, it's, it's... ooh that could work. I mean, you're talking about the RKO out of nowhere, although it'll take four RKOs out of nowhere, and then maybe you'll win. I think it's just going to be another Lesnar squash match. <sighs> yeah, I mean... I don't want it to be. I wish it would be competitive, but I, I just don't think Brock Lesnar is the type of guy that wants to look like there's anyone competing with him. Here's the thing, though. I think if he lost the match at UFC, forget the steroid thing, and mm-hmm. that's, yeah, he doesn't seem to give a shit about that. Yeah. If he would have lost and not just fucked up Mark Hunt's day, then he comes in and all he wants is a squash match. Yeah. I think without his his ego beaten down from that, I think he's willing to put together a good match. That doesn't mean that Randy Orton wins, but I'm hoping that means we actually get a good match out of those two. It's going to be a weird SummerSlam. Usually, like, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, like, 100%, like, I'm, oh, I know I'm right on my predictions. And, like, all of these matches for SummerSlam, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I'm just kind of grasping at straws here. I, I could, I, you know... I think part of that is going in the new era, them trying to give the fans what they want, the ones that wanted you know, Finn Balor to win, the crazy motherfuckers that want Dolph Ziggler to be a heavyweight <laughs> champion. Losers. I, I think giving them what they want, at least on the surface, makes it where, I don't know, do they, do they follow through on that promise? Do they pull the rug out from under them? That sounds like a Vince McMahon move. Yeah. Uh, the other matches, I, is it really going against the fans to let John Cena beat AJ Styles? I mean... Yeah, we like AJ Styles, but nobody's like running around just being like an AJ Styles like fanboy. Like that hasn't happened yet for WWE fans. Not for WWE fans, no. So, uh, like, I don't see that one really being something that it matters who wins. I just hope for a good match, and that's the other thing I'm trying to do more than a lot of other fans is I don't want to get pissed off because they picked whoever to win. Yeah, like you can't let the fan favorite win every time. You can't let you know the heel win every time. Like you have to give a balance, and however they do it, if they do it. A good match. I don't think I care too much at the end, but I know that match is going to end in five finishers of pop, and that'll that'll take me out of it. But I'm okay with that match. I think the Rusev Roman Reigns, whoever wins, like it works for Rusev to lose. Like he's does, a really yeah. great heel. It works for him fine, and he's going to be so pissed off not having that U.S. 
belt. That'll be fun to watch the next couple weeks into Raw. He wins and Roman Reigns loses. That's great because fuck Roman Reigns. There's a lot of ways to go with it. Uh, there's not a single match on here where if they picked a winner, I would be upset. Like, I wouldn't be really mad. There's just yeah. how you do it that's going to make me upset because... They could all go either way. I'm trying to think of which one I really care about, like, at all. Right, That's the other worst part about jumping back <laughs> into wrestling is there's nobody that I'm like, Randy Orton's my guy. I never thought I would say that, like, a decade ago. Yeah. Like, Randy Orton is my... I want Randy Orton to win because he's the most entertaining. He has a ring presence that almost nobody left on the roster has. Like, he has a feel for being a WWE entertainer and he happens to be a really great wrestler. I think he could be one of just like the greatest wrestlers of all time, like just moves wise. It seems like every step, every little movement he makes is completely thought out. Like where someone else would just stand there, he's doing these weird little things with his shoulders and just like the way he walks into the ring. Everything is, just, is a performance, even as he's doing the moves and doing yeah. good moves. He is, you forget because of some of the people, you know, he's going up against Brock Lesnar, but he's like 6'5". He is the prototypical guy that Vince wants while also being super agile. We talked about what Roman Reigns can do at that size. That's amazing. Yeah. But Randy Orton, he kind of looks slimmer, but he is a huge man that can do a lot of the power moves that you want from a top-end talent, from a heavyweight champion. But he's also agile, and you know the RKO works because he's that quick. Yeah, he's not he's not doing some awkward pedigree to something. That's why it doesn't look like the diamond cutter anymore. <laughs> it's 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 an RKO. Yeah. It's complete. It's yeah, it's, it's better. His, it works, and it it is a move that just it adds intrigue. Even if they're doing six of them to finish off a match, yeah, it does pop out. He can pop it out of nowhere, and he can build up to it. His oh yeah the. I probably hated it when he first started doing it, but the the drop to the ground, the kind of oh the, yeah, the, the little fist push ups as he's waiting for the guy to yeah, get up, like his little setup. It's great, like that. That's a level of showmanship that even the better wrestlers, if they're good at like doing promos and they're good at whatever yeah. else, nobody else compares in terms of the in ring showmanship. They're not selling it the way Randy Orton is, and it sucks that Randy Orton's my guy right now. Like I yeah. feel like a sellout. My fourteen-year-old self in a good guy, in a good guy Randy Orton at no, that. No, but no, but that I just ignore because they're not yeah. doing good stories anyways. So it's just like I kind of dismiss what's happening outside <laughs> the ring and I just watch Randy Orton perform and I like because when he's performing, that's the best way to watch. He's Randy not Orton. performing in the ring like he's a face. He's still doing yeah. the same heel thing that he's doing. So as long as you ignore the shitty setup that they do, it's like man, he can fucking wrestle. Still DDT and Heath Slater on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say other than now Randy Orton's my guy. And at the very least, I enjoy Brock Lesnar fighting as long as he doesn't purposely make it a bad match, which we've seen happen too many times at this point. Lesnar is a spectacle. He's he's this generation's Andre the Giant. Like He's a big enough star that you, you can just bring him out for the big shows and people are going to go crazy because he's he's King Kong. You know, he's a show. Just Just him coming out of the ring is a show. Yeah, and I but I feel like with Andre the Giant not letting himself lose, he seemed nice about it. Like it just yeah. seemed like nobody's gonna make me lose. I'm so. just not gonna <laughs> do it. <laughs> and Brock Lesnar seems like he's gonna rip somebody's face off if they set him up to lose at a, a major event. So now I changed my mind. Brock Lesnar wins. What am I talking about? Sp speaking of Brock Lesnar ripping someone's face off, did you catch on the Royal Rumble where Bra Braun Strowman tried to not sell a Brock Lesnar clothesline? I did not see that. Do go, I need to look it up should, on YouTube? You should go back and, and just j just watch alone where it's Lesnar. Is um, it this the Royal Rumble from this year? Uh, yeah, it was the most recent one. Okay. Braun Strowman decides he's not gonna sell uh, one of Brock Lesnar's clotheslines and that was the biggest mistake Braun Strowman ever made in his life because the next hits uh, that came to him looked really real 
<laughs> and he fell down for those. So yeah, that might be what we see at SummerSlam. Is Randy Orton trying to put a good match and Brock Lesnar just deciding that's not what he wants Could to Could very happen. well be. So I think we knocked out everything for the first podcast. I think this went well. Wade, thanks for coming on the Tell Me More podcast to geek out over over SummerSlam. Always. I have someone to geek out over wrestling with. Thank you, man. Somebody thanked me finally on my podcast. That doesn't really happen. That's it for the Tell Me More podcast. You can find us at cynicsledger.wordpress.com.